Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. going on everybody welcome back to round ball stew i'm dan titus joined as always with my boy rafael johnson we got a lot of stuff to talk about it's week 18 all-star weekend trade deadline fallout let's get right to it man um at the top i just kind of want to talk about the bucks and their 11 straight victories i mean is this the team to beat right now um and it's kind of interesting how this team has gone on this surge and really, there hasn't been that many fantasy-relevant players to pick up as a result of it. It's really just been the main guys of of Giannis and Drew Holiday leading the charge here. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this win streak? And uh, do you think the Bucks are the team to beat in the East? I don't know because they, they had to go to overtime with a Boston team that was down at nobody four starters. Robert Williams was on some sort of minutes restriction where he only played thirteen minutes. Basically, Joe Mazzullo was like, yeah, because I felt like it. It's almost like when you ask your parents why they did something. You know, it's like I pay the bills around here. I felt like it. that's basically what his explanation was for that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're, they're they're definitely in a conversation. You know, when you have one of the best players in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday's an outstanding guard. We still haven't seen Chris Middleton in full force. Still kind of managing his minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think they're definitely in that conversation with Boston. You know, I think Denver deserves that respect. Obviously, we'll touch on Phoenix a little bit later in the show. Some of the teams that made some big moves at the trade deadline kind of worked themselves in the mix. I think this is probably going to be as open of a run to the NBA titles we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, I agree. Definitely in the East Eastern Conference. I was surprised to see the Bucks didn't do more at the deadline. Let's yeah. see how Jay Crowder kind of fits in there long-term, but, you know, they still got Pat Connaughton. I expected mm -hmm. Grayson Allen to maybe be on the move, do something to bolster their perimeter defense. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out here. Boston still, I think, is the team to beat. Sixers, we know that they're not real when it comes mm -hmm. to the to the playoffs. So um, those are the main teams I'd be looking out for in the East. But, mm -hmm. you know, the Western Conference is going to be a bloodbath um, second half of this season here. Um, Zion Williamson suffers another setback hamstring injury he's probably going to be out for another month what are you doing with with zion i've seen some talk on twitter of people dropping him in shallow leagues so they don't have the the ability to hold him much longer yeah. i'm still holding on to him because you might be able to get him in the playoffs but can you even rely on him in the fantasy playoffs with him probably going to be having a minutes restriction upon his return yeah yeah i think in shallow leagues you you have to strongly consider dropping him if you can get good value on your on your waiver wire, just because, like you right. said, it's probably going to be on a minutes restriction once he returns, whenever that time is. And we're talking about a soft tissue injury in terms of the hamstring. Those can be tricky for anyone, much less someone like Zion. So I'm, I'm really concerned. I think in standard leagues, you hold on for a bit longer before we get like a concrete update. That should probably come after the all-star break. Yeah. But shallow leagues, I think it may be about that time. And what are you doing about LeBron? Are you concerned? Um, after he broke the record, there's been some talk of him having a foot injury, potentially mm -hmm. playing too many minutes. Are you concerned at all? Like, I personally don't think there's much 
there, especially after they make a move to acquire four players at the deadline mm-hmm. to make this push. I think he'll be fine if he needs to get offseason surgery for whatever he's dealing with. You know, he'll, he'll take care of it then. Yeah, I think it's tough. I think he's going to ultimately play through it whenever that time comes, just because we've gotten so used to that. Can't tell right. you how many times he's been on the injury report because of left ankle soreness, ultimately to play. Uh, so it's been a bit jarring from a fantasy standpoint to see him sit out these last couple of games. I think he's going to be back Wednesday night, so that will definitely help people who have him rostered. But, yeah, there really isn't someone on that Lakers roster you can pinpoint and say, I need to pick him up with LeBron out in terms of the forwards that they have. Maybe a Rui Hachimura since he's already been starting, if he's still available in your league. But beyond that, I don't know. I think Jared Vanderbilt's probably rostered in too many leagues as it is just because of where he was in Utah. But, yeah, I don't really see there any alternatives for him right now. Yeah, they're they definitely got a log jam at that that four spot. And now that yeah. Mo Bamba's there, that kind of complicates things a little bit. I think they'll all have their their time based on the matchups. I think that's gonna mm-hmm. be a really key thing for the Lakers. I think this is a way better real life basketball move than fantasy yeah. uh impact. But um Delo, I think will actually his his value should still be all right because I'm expecting mm-hmm. him to at least get more opportunities to shoot on the perimeter. He's way better in the clutch than Russ. Uh, I don't know if I could say ever was, but definitely the recent version yeah, of Russ. Recent, yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about Russ in a little bit. Um, and then just want to highlight some really good players over the course of the last two weeks. Jalen Brunson has been number 10 overall in per game value. Derek White, player of the week in the Eastern Conference, has been ranked 24. And Markel Fultz, 69. Nice. Mm-hmm. Over the last 14 days. <laughs> um I think out of all people, you know, I think Jalen Brunson was probably on the the highest on my snub list in terms of all-stars. I thought he's been better than Julius Randle in real-life basketball, and uh, recently definitely has been better than him in fantasy. Um, So I love to see him kind of taking that, his game to the next level and proving it Mm -hmm. so that he'll be – it won't give those the media and the coaches the reason to skip on him next year. Um, But Derek White, uh, give me your thoughts on him and what he's been doing for fantasy managers in the absence of, you know, Jalen Brown being out and also Marcus Smart uh, battling his ankle injuries. Yeah, he's been out. He's been huge, I should say. You know, those injuries have kind of kept him – they've kept him in the starting lineup, obviously. And then the usage has increased as well. So he's not just out there filling a space in the starting five. He's getting shots up, getting playmaking opportunities. He's been excellent. So you're getting that type of value from somebody on most nights before in the pecking order. That's huge for a fantasy team. Definitely. And Marco Fultz, I just wanted to shout out because, like, man, he's just doing – he's getting yeah. the stocks. He's getting the assists, the rebounds. Um, he actually looks like he's rounded into the player and the fantasy player that that we mm-hmm. expected. Cole Anthony hasn't really done much. Jalen Suggs has had a couple of flashes lately that, that's uh, shown why he was such a high draft pick. But I, I think Marco Fultz is really making a, a claim to actually be the point guard of this future yeah. uh, Orlando Magic team that's going to be really fun and fantasy friendly going forward. Yeah, they gave him that contract extension, which kind of covered the franchise if he was on, you know, play through injuries and what have you. But yeah, he does look like the future of that position. I think coming into the season, that was our question for Orlando yeah, fantasy right. wise. Who is going to separate themselves? Jalen Suggs between injuries and poor shooting really didn't do much last season. Cole Anthony is currently injured, never been the most efficient player. Markel may not shoot threes, but you know he's going to get you a respectable field percentage because of his shot selection and the defensive stats you mentioned as well. So 
it's been great, uh, great to see, you know, given how much he had to deal with early in his career. He's probably one of those candidates for comeback player of the year if they give out that actual award. So it's been right. great to watch Markel kind of take off recently. Yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Um, and as a as a Sixers fan, I, I wish the best for him. Can't yeah. say the same for another uh, former Sixers point guard that's been struggling. And uh, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But, um, yeah, let's talk about the trade deadline and the fallout from it. Um, I think it's important to – there was tons of trades. I mean, second-round mm -hmm. picks just getting thrown around like candy uh, to acquire players as this deadline. Never seen that before. I think it was a record, like, 50-something second-round yeah. picks. Um but let's talk about the teams that actually have a fantasy impact. So first and foremost, got to talk about the Suns. They just acquired Kevin Durant for Macau Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, Jay, Crowder. In there? Jay Crowder. Right. So that was just a crazy trade that I don't think anyone really was expecting right now. I think we talked about the week before we were expecting him to get trained in the offseason. Mm -hmm. um, but what has that done for Josh Akogi and or potentially Terrence Ross, who's eventually going to be bought out? And, and decide to join the the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, between Kogi and Torrey Craig, that's a situation where once they get Kevin Durant back, the fifth starter is going to depend on matchups. Um, Monty Williams said as much on Tuesday. That makes it difficult from a fantasy standpoint in terms of which one you can kind of rely on full time. Because one guy, you know, Okogi may start one game and Craig the next. You don't expect either one to fall completely out of the rotation if they're coming off the bench, but they will take a hit in that reserve role. And you're largely left with a catch-and-shoot guy in that fifth spot. Mm -hmm. Okogi's never been a great shooter, so that's a bit concerning there, but you get the defensive stats with him. Right, and I think that that's what's making uh, his mark right now with Monty Williams. Um, had very good things to say about just the way that he's um, stepped up his ability to attack the rim. And, and attack the point of the point of attack for defense. Um, so he gives you a couple of different looks. And as you said, Ter uh, Torrey Craig had his spot, you know, in the starting lineup when he was subbing in for Cam Johnson, who gave them another look kind of as a stretch four, because um, he has ability to shoot, knock down the three pointer. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what this team looks like with Kevin Durant there. Uh, they put up a monster monster lines last night between Booker and and Chris Paul with nineteen dimes and only like what I don't think did he have two. Four turnovers, ugh. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big game for him. But um, yeah, this this Suns team, man. I there's no surprise that they're the odds-on favorite in the Western Conference, just with how much talent they have. But I do have questions about how their depth is going to kind of yeah. uh, play out here because they don't really have too much behind uh, those those elite starters there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the other side of that trade, the Nets, who. Got a ton of wings. I mean, this is the three and D squad between Mikel yeah. Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, you still have Royce O'Neal there. Yeah. So out of all that, what are you doing from a fantasy perspective? Because we've seen Cam Thomas already go to, to a bench role. Yeah. Um, what are your expectations going forward? Because I don't, I don't really don't know who to trust right now. Yeah, I don't think you can. Like the guys that you can trust are already rostered in the lion's share of leagues. Like talk about a Mikhail Bridges. He, Cam Johnson, and Dorian Finney-Smith started that game against the Knicks on Monday. I'd expect that's going to be your two, three, and four moving yeah. forward with Claxton and Dinwiddie completing that five. But, yeah, I think Cam Johnson is going to be rostered in a lot of leagues already. I think if you're still holding on to Royce O'Neal, you're probably going to be looking for alternatives right now. He was still hovering at a little bit under 50% when he was starting. So, you know, I think he takes a hit. Then Joe Harris takes a hit. 
know, if you need three pointers, you can still, I guess you can hold on to him in deeper leagues, but he's going to take a hit. Cam Thomas, I mean, unless he suddenly becomes like a defensive stalwart over the all-star break, I think he's in trouble fantasy-wise, which is unfortunate given how hot he was as they were waiting for those trades to go through. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I was. I added Dorian Finney-Smith in a couple spots just for mm-hmm. his ability to shoot the three, get some rebounds. And uh, he's been shooting pretty well for the, the the Nets thus far, but it's really the minutes that he's getting. I think he's going to be yeah. pretty comfortable getting 30 minutes a night. And if you're going to attack anyone of this rotation, I think that that's what I would look for is who's getting mm-hmm. the minutes. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Cam Johnson, um, curious to see how his fit continues to kind of formulate here in this new-look Nets roster. One thing I can say for a fact, though, Ben Simmons, drop him everywhere you can. That number's falling fast. Zach Lowe came out with a report saying they're going to try to look to move him in the offseason, but at this point, they're just not playing him because his confidence isn't there. That's pretty evident. He doesn't fit either. And and he doesn't, you're right. He's like, yeah. You know, you play him, he needs the ball in his hands, but you need to account for that throughout the rest of the lineup. And there have been times, including recently, where they've used him as the backup center. doesn't really work there either because he's not going to be able to bang with with the bigs that are coming off the bench for other teams. So, right, yeah, it's if you can con somebody into trading for him, go for it. (laughs) I know that's not nice, but if you can do that, go for it. But, yeah, otherwise, you got to drop him. Yeah, he's just not going to get the minutes. Um, and third center behind Dayron Sharp, man, that's yeah. uh, ooh, that, that's a that's a that's a that's quite the substantial fall yeah. uh, from Grace. Um, let's talk about the other great big trade that happened with the Mavs acquiring Kyrie Irving. The interesting part about this dynamic is like I don't, it's not going to hurt either Luca or Kyrie. Yeah. Like I think that they've shown that they can play together already. Um, Kyrie just phenomenal in the fourth quarter a couple of nights ago. Um, dropping over 20, 20 points in that fourth quarter to bring them back and ultimately a loss. But I think they'll figure it out. But Josh Green has really cemented himself as a, a starter. And I think that there's a lot of trust there with Jason Kidd. So do you do you trust his rest of the season outlook? Like, do you think he can actually hang in this starting lineup and provide value for fantasy managers? I definitely do. Um, first and foremost, who else are they going to play defensively? <laughs> like, he has to be out there. He's basically their best perimeter defender so that's going to get him 30 to 33 minutes per game minimum I think and he's been playing a bit more than that the offensive game is as expanded um you know you play off of two guys like Luca and Kyrie you're going to have opportunities to score against the Adidas that may be scrambling and he's taking advantage so far I I really believe in Josh Green I think the bigger question would be the center position um because of the defensive issues. You almost have to have Dwight Powell out there. We've seen JaVale McGee get limited run, which was more than what he was getting before. And Christian Wood, man. Yeah, because he can't defend a chair. So it's like he'll give you 18 to 20 points while he's out there. But if you're asking him to defend well in the two-man game, he just can't do it, so which is probably also why he doesn't have a contract extension. But yeah, yeah. he's in a tough spot minute wise, minutes wise, for that reason. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that the Dallas Mavericks would make a move uh, to acquire someone in the front court uh, to help with that to bolster that defense. Because um, yeah, Kevin or Christian Wood is just not it. Um, but going back to Josh Green, he's only thirty nine percent roster in Yahoo League, so he's still widely available. Way too long. Yeah, got got to scoop him up and. Um, 
He's uh, the only knock on him that I see really is his free throw percentage, but you can live with that. He doesn't get a ton of volume, but uh, he does get, he's been given points. Uh, he's been given the rebounds. He's gets a steal in there. So it gives you the three pointers over two um, over the last 14 days. So yeah, I like Josh green a lot. He definitely would be one of my priority ads as a result of this, this trade that went down um, going to the Lakers talked about them a little bit. Um, let's talk about the jazz side of things because they offloaded quite a bit of depth um, in terms of Mike Conley going to the Timberwolves and um, Vando and, and Beasley going to the Lakers. What's been the fallout from that? It's really primarily, in my opinion, it's been Colin Sexton. He's been playing yeah. a lot better with those increased minutes, but I want to know Taylor Horton Tucker. Can you trust these assists? Are you buying it? I look at him somewhat similar to Josh Green in that where else are they going to turn in terms yeah. of a backup playmaker role? So I'm not expecting high assist numbers, but I think he's in a position where you can trust him enough to have him rostered. Um, Sexton, this is I, I don't know if I want to say that this is it for him, but this is his big opportunity to show that he can properly run a team and focus on getting everyone involved instead of just kind of going for his as has been the case for much of his career. I think he's done a pretty solid job these last couple of weeks since taking over. Um, but, yeah, I think Taylor Horton Tucker, I'm trusting him just because of the situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that there's there's an opportunity for him to get minutes. I think he's yeah. going to be their sixth man right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, he's generating not only – the reason I like Taylor Horton Tucker is because – there's nothing on that bench. Like he's going to yeah. be the primary scorer on the second unit and facilitator. So mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a path for him to still have some fantasy viability there. Um, and Sexton, you're right. I think he was more so painted as a scoring, scoring, more scoring uh, point yeah. guard than, than, than passing, but he has a, he has a racked up five assists, at least five assists in his last four games. So mm -hmm. You're right. Maybe this is the last ditch effort to figure out can this guy be the point guard of the future. I think it's it's interesting watching him next to fellow trucker Jordan Clarkson. Um, <laughs> but I think that that you know that those true point guard um, opportunities are really going to be spread amongst Sexton, uh, Clarkson a little bit as well as um, as Taylor Horton Tucker. But yeah, Horton Tucker, I think you could definitely keep around for a little while. Let's go to the Clippers. Oh wait, forgot to talk about Russ. So there's rumors that Russ is going to get bought out by the Utah Jazz. So he's not even going to be suiting up for them. I think that's probably likely just given where they are in their scenario and the standings and, and their future of their their roster. But um, could this be the last stop for Russell Westbrook? I mean, Billy Donovan reached out. Apparently the mm -hmm. Bulls have interests. I don't, man. This man could be playing in China before we yeah. know it, man. Like, how many more stops can Russ have? Like, yeah, I don't think it'll get to that point, but you're right. I think it's a situation where we've seen a lot of great struggle, you know, in terms of adjusting to the role that you may have excelled in for the prime of your career. It's not going to be there, you know, at this point. Yeah. And I think in terms of Utah, he still hasn't decided what to do there. They're open to him staying if he wants to, but from reports that I've read, they've been clear about you know there may be games where you don't play at all if you stick around just because they want to look at the young guys um chicago i think if your goal is to contend for a championship that would probably be a bad move because i don't see that team really doing anything right now i know some clippers players have openly campaigned for russ to to join them but i look at that roster we'll probably talk about them in a minute here but 
feels like there are too many cooks in that kitchen for him to kind of, you know, get in there and make an impact. So I don't know what he's going to do. I'm interested to see, though. Yeah, that's the struggle I have is like there's this point of when, you know, these all-star, all-NBA players, you know, superstars hit this mm-hmm. point where there's like, damn, I got to figure out a new role and how I'm going to fit into a yeah. new system. Carmelo Anthony went through it. Allen Iverson yeah, went through it. it. Mm-hmm. But some people are able to get to that. I don't know that, Russ. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I think he, he was definitely making a valiant effort for the Lakers to try to make it work. Yeah. It just It just didn't. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what he decides to do, um, what his future is. But what do you do from a fantasy perspective? Do you drop him now because he doesn't fit in your IL spot? Now he's yeah. just taking up dead weight. We're at the end of the season here. Maybe just wait, hold him through the all-star break because maybe something maybe happens after that. But, like, what, do, what are you doing? I think at this point, maybe hold him through the all-star break to see what, what news may come out. Um, obviously, the entire league is going to be in Salt Lake City. So right. there'll be opportunities for meetings and whatnot. So see what happens there. But yeah, I, I don't think if you don't really hear anything from that point on, it's time to drop him just because there's just way too much uncertainty there. Right. You mentioned the Clippers. Let's talk about them. They released, well, they no longer have John Wall or Reggie Jackson, both mm-hmm. gone. They did acquire Bones Highland, which I thought was an interesting move um, for the future. Love that Ty Lue has an opportunity to, kind of mold bones highland mm-hmm. clearly he wasn't um wasn't getting along with with leadership at uh the denver nuggets so yeah. has another opportunity here but i think that this is really i don't know that we can i think the first game was a pretty good indication terrence mann is going to be playing point guard right now yeah. uh he is a must roster for me as well i'd say i'd probably put him up there in the josh green territory mm-hmm. um and he's right now, he's only 15% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Yeah. That is extremely low considering that he's just lucked into 30 plus minutes and he can do a little bit of everything in terms of scoring, rebounding, and assists. Won't be high, mm-hmm. super high assists, but he can get five. Um, yeah. So curious what your thoughts on him is. And then also, um, you know, kind of how are you expecting that, uh, that Eric Gordon Highland fit to mm-hmm. kind of play out? Yeah, they moved man into that starting role a few weeks back. Um, and that was kind of your first sign that John Wall and Reggie Jackson were going to be gone. Uh, just It wasn't working out with either one of them. So I agree with you. He should be picked up in more leagues um, heading into the All-Star break. But what I found interesting about Tuesday's win over the Warriors is that the lineup they had on the court to kind of close that thing out was Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Ivica Zubats. Um, they obviously weren't out there the final two and a half minutes because the job was done then. Right. But that was the five they went with to kind of put this away. Um, so I don't know if we, we spoke about this in a pre- previous podcast, but maybe they're looking for someone who can kind of just handle those primary playmaker responsibilities for, say, 15 to 20 minutes of the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, just hand the keys to Paul and Kawhi and say, all right, you guys That'll take work. us home. Yeah, that didn't work against Milwaukee, as we saw a few weeks ago. But, I mean, you can't really argue against betting on Paul Jordan to figure it out. Yeah, That's what I would say. That's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, and, and how Eric Gordon kind of fits into that, I, I feel yeah. like he'll – he displayed playmaking abilities in his time mm-hmm. in Houston. So, I, I think that there is definitely some sharing amongst the, the starting lineup of those playmaking yeah. responsibilities. But I still think it's good that – 
man is at least getting the opportunity in the first three quarters to do something. Um, and then he also has some chemistry with the, the bench unit too, but Norman Powell has been playing great. So definitely need to keep him on the court in crunch time for sure. Um, and what about Mason Plumley? RIP to his fantasy stock going to the Clippers. But what do you think that does for Zubach? Like, are you, do you think that, I mean, so far it doesn't seem like it's been a huge, a huge um, impact to him, but I think over the course of time, I think we'll see probably a little bit more Mason Plumley eating into those minutes. I'm not too concerned. Um, I think obviously Mason Plumley. I think in terms of the rebounding and defending is slightly better than our Isaiah Hartenstein. I think that's just the effect they're looking for with that move. Um, getting a, a big who can help out with some of the playmaking since obviously they don't have a traditional point guard. Hartenstein was really good in, in that two-man game. They give him the ball in the high post and he can pick some guys out. I think Plumlee can do a little bit of that, but I think the minute split will be fine for Zubats and what he brings you in terms of field goal percentage and rebounds and blocks. I think he's going to be fine fantasy-wise personally. And are you dropping Mason Plumley in deep competitive leagues? Yeah, I wouldn't no. either. <laughs> yeah, he gave you eight points, five rebounds, and three assists yeah. off the bench in, in limited minutes. And now that he's hitting free throws, he doesn't really hurt you there. Yeah. Um, he could be that back bench deep big that you have um, to kind of throw out there and get some sneaky assists for uh, the, the big man spot. So, yeah, I wouldn't drop him in deep leagues. Shallow leagues, you, you have my permission. Uh, you can feel free to <laughs> drop him. Um, let's talk about the Rockets. KJ Martin to the moon. Uh, now that Eric Gordon is gone, he's getting primarily all those small forward minutes. Um, are you stashing Tari Eason still? I am personally. I know some people, you know, saw the Raphael Stone's comments that he would still have to earn his minutes. So like, no kidding. Like any any player, they <laughs> have to earn their minutes. So I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. Um, I th- I think he's going to get to a point where he can play 25, 28 minutes per game. And that's when you're really going to see him kind of take off fancy wise. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely stashing Tari Eason right now. Have you been paying attention to Rockets Twitter that's just been complaining, abuse, abusing, disappointed? I don't know, every yeah. word you can think of for Jabari Smith Jr. and what he's not been showing from his ability to shoot lately. Do you think that there's risk of Tari Eason surpassing him? Because that's really where Tari Eason plays. He doesn't really get that many minutes at yeah. small forward. Uh, plays primarily at the power forward spot. Do you think there's a chance that Silas can shake it up, or do you think he's going to continue to uh, just trot him out there and let him figure it out as he's hit that rookie wall? Yeah, I think they're going to continue to put him out there. Like, you can't have a third overall pick and just put him on ice. Like This isn't a Golden State Warriors situation where yeah. they're trying to win championships, therefore James Wiseman didn't play much. What's Houston trying to win? Like. <laughs> You know, he has to play. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about Jabari in terms of playing time. I am concerned about the shooting because that was supposed to be one of his strengths. And he got off to a slow start, rebounded a bit, and now we're back to where he was when the season started. The good news is that the All-Star break will give him some time to kind of step away and, and recharge the batteries. Yes, it will. I mean, he needs it, man. He's been mm-hmm. awful from three-point range. Uh, get into a spots a little bit in the two point game, but yeah, just overall, just not, not doing what fantasy managers want or, or, uh, expected to see. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about was Yaka Pertle going to the Toronto Raptors. Damn. Did he have a, a game 30 points and six blocks the other night? Um, a little bit concerned earlier about precious Achua and what potentially he could do going forward with Pertle now there. 
do you still have those same concerns? And also, do you see a role for Chris Boucher going forward? Because I feel like he's probably their most versatile bench yeah. player that can play multiple positions that shouldn't really be impacted too much by mm-hmm. the Pirtle acquisition. Yeah, I think we're going to eventually get back to what Toronto would hope in terms of Boucher and Achua playing about 20, 23 minutes per game off the bench. Um, maybe take a slight hit fantasy-wise, but I think that would be best for them because you have Pirtle as your starting center at true center, um, as opposed to the other guys who are more like hybrid players. So once you get OG Ananobi back in the mix, Achua would probably be coming off the bench. I think Gary Trent Jr. is probably going to come off the bench too when he returns just because they need a big in that lineup. Pirtle's filled that. He's almost hit the ground running. Um, had some foul trouble in his Raptors debut, that second appearance, the return to Toronto, I should say. But he was outstanding Tuesday night. Yes, he was. Absolutely outstanding. Um, but the Toronto Raptors a little bit shorthanded. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. has been on the shelf um, with an injury. And obviously, you just talked about OG Ananobi with his wrist injury. How can, uh, how can people get to the latest injury information? They can do that by downloading the Roto World app. Um, you can stay ahead of the competition in your league. Favorite players in your fantasy roster, therefore, you get updates directly to your phone as soon as news breaks. And, you know, it's available in your preferred app store with Apple, Android, wherever. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life did you if you could would you when we come through it's true magic because we came to play bring the magic at walt disney world resort the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, man. And uh, yeah, some late last, last night news. I was watching the Portland Trailblazers game. Anthony Simons went down with a pretty nasty ankle injury. Yeah. Um, thankfully, the all-star break is here, so he can get a, a week to kind of chill and, and work on the rehab. Mm-hmm. Dr. A was saying they expect him to miss a little. He expects him to miss a little bit of time, just given how ugly it looked. Haven't got an official report yet. Probably getting an MRI now. Um, are you picking up Shaden Sharp or Matisse Thibel? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think it kind of depends on what you need. Like, if you need defensive stats, I think Matisse Thibault is going to be the guy to go with because I think he's going to start even after they get Jeremy Grant back, who's also been out concussion protocols. Uh, That's why he he started his first two games as a Blazer. What he gives them defensively, they don't really have from the other guys in that roster. 
And the fact that he's shot the ball with confidence and shot it reasonably well to get four three pointers on Monday. Seriously. You know, that, that's a bonus that no one was counting on when he landed in Portland. But I think he, I think I would go with Thibault personally. I'd say they also left him pretty open because he hasn't earned anyone's respect from yeah. the three point line. <laughs> um yeah. But he's gotten four steals in the first two games. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely get it. And with all the injuries going on in Portland right now and them still trying to figure out. I mean, I should have probably thrown Cam Reddish in that in, the, mm-hmm. in that hat, too, because he's getting minutes now. He actually has an opportunity to play. Fool me once. I don't I know that I could go back to the Cam Reddish you know, hype train. I feel like he's either going to get hurt or he's going to find some way to piss somebody off in the uh, – in the uh, locker room to, to not earn minutes anymore. But Matisse Thibel, stand-up dude, seems to really be liking being back in uh, the Portland area. That's where he grew up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm leaning towards Sharp just because I liked what he said before as he left the dunk contest and ruined mm-hmm. All-Star Weekend, potentially. <laughs> um, he said he wanted to focus on the, the, the second half of the season. So I think he's really going to get some more minutes here and has an opportunity to show what he can do. It doesn't really do much outside of scoring, unfortunately, but we'll see if he can add any more to his, to his tool belt there. Um, Jalen Brown fractured his face, orbital bone. Um, it's going to be wearing a mask for right now. I mean, I haven't heard too much on in terms of a deadline, but I would expect he'd probably be back after the all-star break. Uh, what do you know about J- Jalen Brown and what he's going to be coming back? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing that I've heard. Um, he'll be reevaluated during the break. And we'll find out then. But obviously, an injury like that, the good news is that no surgery was required. Yeah. So, obviously, you break a bone in your face, that's pretty severe. But if you don't have to undergo surgery, that's a positive. He'll have some sort of protective mask on. I think I expect to see him back on the court when play resumes after the break. And DeMar DeRozan, grade one strain of his thigh. Any fantasy fallout from that? Anybody you would pick up with DeMar DeRozan not playing as much? I would assume Alex Caruso, but he's still battling some injuries too. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not really not a clear winner here. Maybe Pat Williams? If you want to believe in Pat Williams. <laughs> Another guy. Yeah. He's he's had his moments. I'll be fair. I'll try to be fair with that regard. But And he should have more opportunities to score. But I, I don't really believe in him enough fantasy-wise to kind of you know, hop on that bandwagon. Yeah, he's 32% roster, but, I mean, 30 minutes, yeah. six points, four rebounds, and a block. I mean, at least he gives you blocks, but, yeah, he's pretty much doing Dorian Finney-Smith type, mm-hmm. type of lines and just not that consistent. Um, Jamal Murray's been out for, I think, five games in a row, almost six for an ankle injury. I thought it was um, a knee. Oh, is it knee? It's, yeah, it's is it knee right inflammation? Knee. Okay. Yes. My fault on that. Um, no worries. See, I got to go to get – that's why I got to go check on the Roto World app, man. <laughs> um, I would have known that. But uh, either way, he's been missing time. This yeah. has been Bruce Brown's show, pretty much being the, the playmaker outside of Jokic. Any other fantasy impact of that that, that you can see? Not really. Uh, maybe we've seen a little bit more of Ish Smith uh, coming off the bench. So I don't know if he gets enough run to be worth adding in, say, standard leagues. But deep leagues, if you need assists – you know, he's not going to turn the ball over either. So maybe you consider that, but I don't think he's a must add. And obviously the Reggie Jackson addition just happened. So we don't know what yeah. his role is going to look like there. So yeah, right. Bruce Brown, if he's available, you get him, but he probably shouldn't be available. Right. Yeah. If anything, it'd probably be some shallow leagues. 
Um, got an update on Steven Adams. What what do we know more? Can we avoid this carousel of Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, uh, yeah, Brandon Clark? Like, <laughs> save us, Steven Adams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins said on Tuesday that he's doing a little bit more on-court work. I'm still looking at one to two weeks out from a return. The initial expectation was, say, early March for Adams to return to game action. So I think he's on course in that regard. So until then, we're kind of stuck with Xavier Tillman starting at center. But Brandon Clark and even Santi Aldama have been better fancy options than Tillman right now these days. Yeah, right. A little bit more versatility there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, expected – hope to get some updates on KD. I mean, it looks like he'll be returning after the All-Star break. Um, and Steph Curry – He's already still into his month timeline, so still got to wait that out a little bit more. Haven't really got much on OG, uh, unfortunately, or Kevin Porter Jr. He's still out indefinitely. Cat, I think there's definitely risk of him not coming back until the yeah. fantasy playoffs. So Kyle Anderson, keep him rostered everywhere because he's going to be a great player to hold on to. And Yusuf Nurkic, I think he's going to be reevaluated sometime after this all-star break. Mm-hmm. So Drew Eubanks. And maybe Trendon Wofford still gets some kind of hope here. But I don't know. This this Portland Trailblazers team's shaking it up a little bit. So yeah. uh, no guarantee there. Um, all right. Real quick, let's go through the schedule. That's pretty much the schedule. There's yeah. a bunch of games tonight <laughs> and tomorrow. And then they're mm-hmm. off from Thursday to the following Thursday. So we'll have more next week uh, where we'll provide, you know, who we're picking up ahead of that that weekend. Uh, to kind of close out week 18 because week 18 is two weeks. Um, so make sure you plan accordingly there. Um, but while we're talking about it, you should still probably get some kind of fantasy advice from us. Um, I saw that Emmanuel quickly is still under 50% rostered. He's at right at the cusp at 48. That needs to change because I don't think he's getting out of the rotation. If anything, yeah. Grimes is the one that's been sacri- that been the sacrificial lamb um, by Josh Hart coming over. Um Terrence Mann, we already talked about. Josh Okogie, we already talked about. Um, Malachi Branham, do you like him rest of the season? I do. Uh, you know, Terrence has been kind of up and he's been out largely. He came back for a game and was back out again. This is an opportunity for Branham to play more on the ball. Um, he did a little bit of both while at Ohio State during his one season there. So I think Malachi Branham, definitely like him in San Antonio for the rest of the season in terms of his value. Because even after Jones is healthy, they kind of know what they've got there. Um, in terms of Branham, we don't really know what the full scope of his potential is. So these, these will be good opportunities for him to get those minutes. Yeah, and uh, no update on Devin Vassell. So I think he's, he's definitely good for minutes and with Josh yeah. Richardson also being gone. Um, also want to throw out, we already mentioned Josh Green. Already talked about Chris Boucher a little bit. Kevon Looney has been really good at rebounding. So if you need a, a center that can give you those boards, maybe an occasional block with really good field goal percentage and never turns over the ball, give a look at Kevon Looney. Um, Grant Williams, I think, is also going to be a player yeah. that is going to get a lot of time here as Jalen Brown's still working his way back. Tatum getting these random rest days. Um, Sam Hauser, whew, the three-point specialist, mm-hmm. dropping bombs, running ISO plays at the end of the game to tie it up. Um, I don't know how much he's going to have fantasy relevancy once everyone's healthy, but if you need a three-point guy, um, he might yeah. be a look. And then also I want to talk about Dante DiVincenzo. Um, do you think that he's going to have some some holding power, staying power here with uh, Steph sh- still on the shelf? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he's one of their better defenders. 
in addition to what he can give offensively. He's not going to be a flashy score or anything like that. But he's kind of, he's a good versatile piece for them to have. And you're talking about a team that they're probably going to need him on the court a bit more while Steph is out just because they need to they need to do better defensively. I think they're a middle of the pack defensive team right now. And given where they are in the Western Conference standings, that isn't good enough. So I think DiVincenzo is a good pickup right now if he's still available in your league. Yeah, he had a great game um, in their win over the Wizards, right? Was it the Wizards? Yes, team? it was the Wizards. Yeah, their home, their home win. Yeah, yeah that was a good game for uh, DiVincenzo. And then they went to uh, the Clippers and stunk it up. Yeah. Um, which is pretty much part of the course for the Warriors this year. They just can't play on the road <laughs> whatsoever. Um, all right. So thoughts on All-Star Weekend here. Really quickly, Carl Malone, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but the NBA decided to have Carl Malone as a, a judge for a dunk contest. Number one, this guy is probably the wackest dunker ever. Like, all right, cool. He's got his signature little mailman thing. But like, all right. But then other side, he's like a, just an awful human being. So Shame, shame on you, NBA. I don't know why you thought that was a good idea. Your thoughts, Raph? You could probably say a lot worse than me. Daryl Griffith, who went by the nickname of Dr. Duncanstein, was the first star of the Utah Jazz era. He's still around. He's still healthy. Um, looks in great shape. You know, the last time I saw him, things at a Louisville event. He's on TV or something like that. Why not have him be one of the judges for the dunk contest? You know, sometimes the most recent name isn't always the best name. And I think this is a situation in which they could have done better here. Um, I wish Daryl Griffith would have been the pick. Yeah, man, I would have rather even put Adrian Dantley in the in the conversation. I mean, he had yeah. a really solid stint there. I don't know. They, they had Jeff Hornacek. I don't they, know. He wasn't he wasn't a dunker, but about, let's go about, with another another option. <laughs> About Dantley, if Isaiah Thomas is a judge, they probably couldn't do that. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. <laughs> Great call on that. Um, so there's a bit of an all-star format change. Want to know your thoughts on it? The teams aren't going to be selected until Sunday, so they're not really going to know who they're playing with. Do you think that that's cool? Is that a fun little wrinkle that they added, or do you think it's stupid? I think it's cool. Um I'm sure people who are big on like waste management and use of textiles and making jerseys <laughs> may not be too thrilled with it, but I think it's kind of, it brings like that playground feel to it where yeah. you know, you're on the court, just standing around picking up sides. It's going to stink being the last pick because this is happening in front of what 20,000 people in the arena and then millions watching on TV, as opposed to them having, the captains on a call, but I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it is too, man. Um, I like that the NBA continues to innovate and, and try new things, being that the slam dunk competition isn't what it used to be. The Elam ending is still like perfect. Like that's I love it. the mm-hmm. only way to make it competitive. Um, I wish the Pro Bowl could figure out something along these lines because that, that product just sucks. They, um, they shouldn't I'm- even have one. <laughs> that's also no yeah. seriously they, they if get, you're doing they flag football you might as well just not even do it <laughs> no, you hit each other for like eight months out of a year i'm not hitting anybody in an exhibition that, right just right be my fault yeah exactly no incentive to do it um i'm really excited to see scoot henderson in the rising stars yes. i haven't gotten a chance to watch too much of the g league ignite uh games they're on at weird hours but uh yeah, I'm really excited to see him. I like that format too. That there's going to be some really cool 
talent and players that we can see from around the world really showcase um, here that don't really get the shine that they do in the regular season. So really excited about that. How about you? Yeah, I think Scoot's going to be the main headliner, obviously. Um, there's only so much you can say from a Rising Stars challenge. I do like the way that they change it up where you have three teams playing, so there's more playing time to go around. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, Scoot Henderson, he's the guy I'm looking forward to seeing out there on Friday night. And to close out, I want to get your predictions for the dunk contest. You got KJ Martin, Trey Murphy, the third, Jericho Sims, and Mac McClung, the recently signed Mac McClung to the 76ers. Who you got? I go with my guy, Jericho Sims. I'll be biased on this one. I'm okay. Okay, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with KJ Martin, but I feel like I'm going to lose this bet because he's like an in game dunker. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to have the creativity to really do it, but I think that that's probably the homer, the favorite pick. Um, but I just can't deny it, man. That guy just dunks so viciously. Um, I can't wait to see him do it. Really wanted to see Shaden uh, yeah. Sharp in there with him, but things happen. Mac McClung, sneaky hops too. So mm -hmm. curious to see how he does. Um, in three-point, we got Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, Anthony Simons, we'll see, and Jason Tatum. Who are you taking three-point? I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. Um, you know, it, first off, we don't know who all is going to be there. Like he mentioned, Simons, Tyler Hero has been dealing with a knee injury. Right. Um, so you've got a couple guys who are a bit banged up. I expect Jason Tatum to be out there. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. That's pretty much what his job is with the Pacers, <laughs> shoot three-pointers. So I think someone like Dame would be fun if this were a distance competition. I think there is one well, there's one rack that's a bit further out, so maybe he sweeps that one. But overall, I'm going with Buddy Hill. Wise, wise choice. The former, I think he won in 2020. So, you know, former winner can clearly do it again. I'm going to take a dark horse. I'm going to go with Kevin Herter. I don't know why. I just feel like this might be a time where this the redhead's just going to surprise me. Like, yo, who is this white boy that's just draining threes with his headband? Um I'm going to ride with, the, with, uh, with, with Herder on this one. We'll see how it goes. But that'll do it for Round Ball Stew. Thanks for everybody for watching in on Twitch. Make sure you check back with us 1 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. Um, and Raf, good luck with AC Milan. Got that dub last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys All-Star Weekend. It's a really fun weekend. Make sure you lock in, tune in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.